Wildfire Concepts presents Seven Figure Furnace Digital Marketing Discussions with Internet Made Millionaires with your host, Cindy Donovan. It is so fantastic to have you here and you have one of the most inspirational stories online that I've seen. Having come from absolutely nothing to selling millions of dollars worth of products online, do you think you could tell our listeners just a little bit about your getting started story because I seriously love it. Well, thank you, Cindy. Thank you for having me, first of all. I would say back then, uh, how I got onto I mean, it's, it's a long story, but I first started my business when I was in high school. And, and after that, I uh, have a lot of ups and downs and, and failures. I actually failed at 13 businesses before having my first success. So uh, after that, uh, I found a mentor of mine. Uh, his name is Alan Jacks. And Alan at the time used to run a, one of the largest financial seminar company in, in Canada and called Business Breakthrough Technologies. And he was the first guy that brought you know, the author, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. He was the first guy that brought Robert Kiyosaki to Canada. Uh, and so I worked for him for one year for next to nothing. Uh, but I always refer to that year as the million-dollar year of my life because I got a year, uh, a, a million-dollar year's worth of education from him. And from there, then I started my own one-man advertising agency, kind of as a copywriter, and writing copy for speakers and entrepreneurs and, and trainers. And from there, I was in my early 20s making about $10,000 a month. Now, I know to some people it may not be a lot of money, but to me back then, it was That's a lot. A lot. Yeah. It was like, I felt like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like a Donald Trump or something like that <laughs> as, a, as a young guy. And so that was nice. And then I took of that, some of that money. One day, one day, one uh, a webmaster told me, hey, you know, Dan, you need a website. And I said, well, what do I need a website for? And I said, I'm like I would have enough clients. No, you should have a website because he was trying to sell me his website designing right. service. And I said, okay, but what am I going to put it up there? I don't know. Put a book up there, sell something on there. And so, okay, okay maybe it's a, so I paid 500 bucks or something like that. And I put together a website and, and I put together a book. That was many, many years ago, a book called um, Psychologi Psychological Tactics. And from that book, at first, I was, my intention was to create it to protect consumers of how some of these marketers and are using these psychological tactics to, to convince them and influence them to buy things. Uh, but and then it, turn out, it turns out it's other marketers that are buying my book. <laughs> so, um, so that was my first book. And uh, I printed about like 100 copies or so, and I was selling it for like 20 bucks or something. And I sold all of them in, in like 30 days. Uh, yeah, and that's before like PayPal. I was mm. taking money through like mail order, uh, like um, from a money website. Order. Yeah, money order okay. and checks, wow. that kind of stuff. Uh, and then I was also selling stuff on eBay. On eBay, I was buying stuff from uh, Hong Kong, uh, Bruce Lee collectibles, and all sorts of weird things. I was just selling on eBay. I didn't know because I think at the time was internet was still quite early, mm -hmm. uh, and so we didn't have a whole lot of competition. And I was also getting involved with ClickBank. Uh, at one point, I had multiple products, some of the best-selling products on ClickBank, and, and through affiliate marketing. I invited some of them back in the day. <laughs> yes. Back yes. in the day. So, so through that period of time, I was just making like ridiculous amount of money. <laughs> 
I've never seen so much money in my life. And through there, I was smart enough to take some of those earnings and invest in different niches and invest in different companies. Mm-hmm. And from there, so from an entrepreneur, then more and more so I transition into more like, like an investor. Nowadays, people ask me what I do for a living. I always tell them, you know, have you watched the show Dragon's Den? Uh, they have that in UK, they have that in Canada, or uh, Shark Tank in Shark Tank, yep. in US. That's what I do in real life. I partner up with companies, I invest in companies, I grow companies for a living. I don't start companies anymore. Uh, I'm just at a different stage of my life, but that's mm-hmm. from where I was from nothing to, to where I am today. That is fantastic and so exciting. I'm sorry if you guys like, and if you heard that helicopter, there's like a helicopter buzzing around. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Apparently something exciting is happening out there, but lots of exciting stuff's happening in here too. So you talk about mentoring and I know mentoring is like a massive thing for you. Um, and um, how, how do, well, first of all, how do you find um, someone to mentor you? How do you find someone that's going to be really good for you? Um, maybe let's talk about that a little. I think in, in my life, I always say I have read thousands of books. Mm. Those help. I've attended hundreds of conferences and workshops and seminars and webinars. Those help. But I'm where I am today because of my mentors. Mm. And the two biggest mentors I have, of course, I've learned from everybody, like different people, but two personal mentors, which is Alan Jacks, the first one. The second one is the $50 billion man, Dan Pena, yes. who grew a company from zero to you know, $450 million in eight years. Um, Dan has been my mentor for more than eight, nine years now. So two, two men, two gentlemen have had a huge impact in my life. Mm. I think for our listeners, because for entrepreneurs, is the problem. Very often, we let our ego get in the way that we want to do things our way, that, you know what, I, I want to prove to people how smart I am. I'm going to be a loner. I'm going to make it on my own. I tried that. That didn't work out so well. Uh, so that's why when I switched. times. Yes. And, yeah. then, and that's why I switch and say, you know, maybe I don't know all the answers. Maybe I don't, I, I don't know everything. Maybe there are people smarter than me. And there are a lot of people so much smarter than me. So for the two mentors that had a huge impact in my life, how do you find them? They're actually everywhere. But I think it's not so much how, because most people have that so concerned of oh, how do I ask, what do I approach, and things like that. I think, first of all, you got deter- to first find out and determine what kind of mentors you want. I have some criteria of my own. Number one, they need to be way more successful than you are. So let's say if you're making, I don't know, $50,000 a year, you don't want to find a mentor that's making 100000 You want to find a mentor that's making a million. Mm-hmm. Two million. So I want to find a mentor that's way more successful than I am, who is still active in business, meaning not they've done it two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. No, are they active now? Because the, the business environment today is very, very different, right? So I would say that. Uh, and then chemistry, how do you relate? Do you resonate with the story? Do you resonate with who they are, their values? That's important because you, to me, like when you go to a workshop, you see a speaker, that's not a mentor. You're learning from the materials. Mm-hmm. Mentoring to me, it's like a one-on-one like this, face-to-face yeah. on the phone or through Skype. It's a very, it's a one-on-one accountable relationship. Uh, so that type of relationships uh, is what I think makes a difference. Uh, and then make sure you you bring some value to your mentors because your mentors are already successful. 
don't just go there, go, oh, please help me. Uh, you know, I'm not, I don't know anything. Please take me on. That doesn't work. Right. First mentor, Alan Jacks, I, I was working in his office. I was licking the stems. I was stuffing the envelope. I was going to the post office with a big bag of stuff. I was mm. cleaning the office. I was doing everything I could. Um, second mentor, Dan, I should pay him a lot of money uh, to mentor me. So I don't care if you have to work for free, pay the mentor or whatever uh, exchange of service, whatever it takes, but bring some value to, to their lives before I ask anything in return. I think that mm. would when you actually find this person and you, you connect with them and you know they start sharing some great stuff how do you how do you actually get the best out of that relationship like um, mm, good question <laughs> yeah I would say first of all don't like just the other about two weeks ago I fired one of my mentees uh, from Toronto and because he was every piece of advice I was giving him I was trying to help him out he was arguing with me so don't argue with your mentor don't question mm. it's like i use the uh, martial art metaphor a lot martial analogy if you're going to learn let's say karate when you go and you learn from the master you learn everything you possibly could maybe after you master it you can learn some other style and you want to develop something on your own but when you're learning the style okay you know what the master said do it this way, punch this way, or wax on, or, wax off. Yeah, yeah. yeah just and you, oh, this is stupid. Sifu, this is I don't know what sensei, this is crazy. I don't just do it. Yeah. Okay, okay. It's exactly like karate kid, right? You do, yeah. it and do it and then to a point where suddenly when you need to use it, oh, oh my god, I've mastered these skills. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? Well, because you've been practicing. So um, it's almost a little bit like put aside your ego, put aside your existing belief, put aside your, your, even your personal philosophies, learn it from your mentor, total immersion, master their way first. Then you can modify and add your own thing. But for, it's a total immersion. Yeah, and that, like you said, is really hard for people who are entrepreneurial-minded because you think, you know, you want to be that next startup story. You want to be that um, person that came from nowhere to suddenly being incredible because you have all of this knowledge. But really, you've got to acknowledge that, you know, you find someone that you can click with and then you learn from them and you actually apply yourself and learn from them. And it's funny, uh, Cindy, it's, it's funny you brought that up because, as you know, I run one of the largest uh, entrepreneurs group in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. I see thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs. And when I see new entrepreneurs, most of the time when I look at somebody and I have a, maybe a 30-second, one-minute conversation with them, I pretty much know if they're, they're making it or not because most people actually don't want it that bad. Mm. It's saying, oh, yeah, I want to be successful. I want to learn how to do internet marketing. I want to be free. I said, you don't. Uh, because the actions, the way they think, the way they, they behave, no. Uh, it's like sometimes I, when I speak to a group of people, let's say 100 people, and I say, you know what? 95% of you are not going to make it. And they're like, like they're, you can see the eyes like, ooh. Yeah. I said, I said how's that for motivation? <laughs> so for those people who are the 95% do you, are they just written off or is there a chance that they can yeah, they, they, there's a chance if yeah. they're willing to change yeah, yeah. at the current state their, mm. their current state of mind uh, they're not going to make it uh, yeah. and that's one thing I've learned from a mentor many years ago I was having a conversation with my mentor um, Big Dan I call him Big Dan uh, Dan <laughs> Penny and he said you know Dan what do you think is the number one quality of a super successful entrepreneur 
And I said, well, that's a good question. I said, is it talents? Is it finally having a great idea? Is it marketing? Is it your leadership? And is it the right place at the right time? I gave him a whole bunch of answers. And he said, you know what, Dan, all those are important, but they're not the most important. He said the number one quality of a successful entrepreneur is the ability to endure pain for a long period of time. Wow. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and that's what it is. And, and most people, they don't know how to deal with pressure. They just, they don't want it that bad. And when you don't want it that bad, it's like you, you have you hit a little obstacle. And you're like, oh my God, I don't know how to do it. Or I don't, how does this work? How do I put up this page? But if you have that, whatever it takes attitude, that you do whatever it takes, then you just go through it. Like mm. a lot of problems, when people see us problems, they actually like, it's nothing. Truly is nothing. Yeah, no, that's that's a really interesting point. Um, I have a mentor of my own, and mm. um, I'm going to share something now that I haven't really shared publicly, but I've been going through a bit of a challenge with my family, um, recently getting divorced, and there's like a whole lot of stuff going on with my kids and all that, and I was in a bit of a funk last week, and I just couldn't snap myself out of it, and um, I got on a call with my mentor, and he said, okay, what I want you to do is go and have a shower, just like a regular shower like you would normally, you know, nice warm water. And then for the last 30 seconds, turn it, turn off the hot water and make it completely cold and count to 30 seconds. And I tell you honestly, it was the hardest, the most painful 30 seconds of my life because mm. it's so warm and cozy and then you just cut it off to cold. And, um, he was saying you've got to get it on your wrists, um, like the really cold water on your wrists and on the back of your neck, and it actually is kind of like a shock treatment. It just reshocks your brain um, back into activity. And um, you're talking about, you know, pushing yourself through the pain. Um, and, you, and, I mean, this is just cold water, but um, not being um, scared of being uncomfortable, it really helped me it helped me just refocus my mind um helped my emotions helped with clarity and everything so i don't know if that helps anyone out there but you know just pushing through and not being scared to actually dive into that pain is it's really valuable and, and it's, it's exactly and most entrepreneurs they're not willing to pay the price mm. they want the good things oh yeah i would love to have the freedom i would love to be able to work from home i would love to be able to impact other people's lives mm. they, they wish for a lot of things they want a lot of things but when it comes to getting the work done then suddenly oh you know, this is too hard it's right. like everybody wants a six-pack app just never <laughs> wants to go to the gym <laughs> nobody wants to go on a diet no and that's why very few people have the six-pack apps <laughs> much much easier to just you know have you know eat some popcorn and, and sure. you know, drink that pop. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard. And, mm. and business is something that you got to put in years of effort without seeing any results. And that's what drives people crazy. Mm. Because they, act, they have that employment mentality. You know what? I put in one month of work, I get paid. Yeah. Well, in business, you, could, you could put in years of work and yeah. not getting paid. And then what do you do then? Uh, so that shift in mentality, I think, just shocks people. Uh, if they go in with more realistic expectation, saying, you know, instead of, imagine seeing two people, two entrepreneurs. This entrepreneur is saying, you know what, I'm going to have this great idea, I'm going to put up a website, and in three months I'm going to quit my job, and I'm going to have enough money coming in, that I'm, I'll be free. This guy. Yeah, they're not entrepreneurs saying, you know what, I have this idea, 
but I'm not so sure if it's going to work. Let me put some savings aside, make sure that I have enough cash to live off of. Uh, and, and before I spend a whole bunch of money, let me maybe do some market research. Let me test the idea inexpensively. Uh, let me find out who are the competitions. How are they selling it? What's their business model? What's their marketing model? Uh, what if my business doesn't make money in six months? Can I survive? What if my business cannot make money in one year? Can I survive? What if my business fails completely? What, am I okay with that? Can I live the consequences? Yeah. Yes, which one is going to be more successful? Mm. And see, so entrepreneurs, we want to be optimistic and we want to focus on the positive, but at the same time, we want to prepare, for the, like expect the best, but prepare for the worst. And prepare is going to be 10 times harder than you expect. Mm. Going with that expectation, you're more likely to succeed. Right. Uh, so we've talked a lot about, you know, mentorship and mindset, and we're probably going to talk more about mindset because, you know, it is it is so very important. Um, what if we talk a little bit about, because uh, I know that you wrote a book um, yes. called 47 Tactics of Influence. You've written yes. a lot of books, but the, the one that I really loved was the influence one because I find... All of that stuff fascinating. Um, and basically the idea of being able to, by your actions and your words, to be able to, you know, influence someone to do, uh, not just do what you want, but, you know, to have an outcome in your favour. Um, can you share some tips from that that, these, that our listeners can actually apply today? What do you think are the sure. strongest methods of influence that you can use? First of all, like, why influence? Because you think in terms of anything you want, other people's habit. Anything you want in your life, the money, the things you want, the relationship, whatever you want, somebody else already has it. So our job is to influence others to give that to us in exchange of value. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, that's basically how business works. Mm-hmm. I've got a product, I'll provide a service, in exchange of dollars, money, I will provide a service or product to you, right? So. Mm-hmm. In the book, I talk about the 47 psychological tactics. Uh, I don't think we have time to go into the 47, but I can go into like three or four or something like that. Yep, that sounds great. Uh, very simple. The first one is what I call authority. You think in terms of in a society, we respect authority. And sometimes we follow authority without a whole lot of uh, questions. Hypothetically, let's say you're driving in, in, in the highway. Okay, You're driving the car. Suddenly, someone pulls up. You see the light stops and someone dressed in a police uniform and say, hey, stop, can I see your driver license? That's an authority. You go to see a doctor, again, you're going to see an authority and say, oh, your doctor, I don't feel so well. What should I, what medication should I take? Well, coming from a doctor would be, has a lot more authority. Whatever he says has a lot more weight versus your friend just saying, well, you should drink some water. You should, you know, uh, take some vitamin C versus, the doctor said, you got to take some vitamin C and one drink glasses of water a day. I said, yes, doctor, right? Yes. <laughs> that's, that's authority. Now, how do you create that in your business? You look at the word authority very simply. The first six letter, as a business person, the first six letter actually has the word author in it. So if you are an author in a society, you're seen as an authority. Sometimes we even use the word to describe, oh, you know, she wrote a book on it. She's the author of whatever, right? Uh, so that's an, uh, having a book, it helps. Um, being interviewed, it helps. Uh, doing speaking gig as a speaker, that also helps. It, it elevates you, that your authority status. So that would be one. Uh, second one is what I call social proof, which is very simple, such as testimonials, case studies, 
Because what other people can say about you is infinitely more powerful than what you can say about yourself. So you have, you have happy customers, satisfied customers who, who've, who've done business with you and say, hey, you know what? Seeing these products is awesome. That's great. You should use it. I get results from it. Awesome. So social proof what other people say. Imagine you're driving down again. Uh, you're driving your car. You pass, you're hungry and you pass by a restaurant. And you see it's completely empty. Nobody's in it. Your mind goes, oh, my God, it can't be any good. The food must suck. Right. Versus you walk by, you drive by a restaurant and say, oh, it's packed. You see the windows, we are waiting in line and people are like lining up at the front. Oh, it must be very good. Mm -hmm. Well, the first, first restaurant could be perfectly good. Could even taste better than the second one. But mm -hmm. in our mind, social proof, if nobody goes, it must not be good. If That's everybody a, goes, yeah. it must be that's actually a restaurant tactic is that oh, yes. they start to bring people in. They don't put them in the back. They always sit them out the front um, yes. and make sure that people can see that as many people, uh, yeah, that people are actually in there. So the perception is reality. Mm. So that is, is a very simple way we can, we can apply that in, in our business. Um, another one would be uh, exclusivity, being something exclusive, limited time, uh, limited quantity. Remember this: People don't want something until they 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 until they they can't have it, or other people want it as well. Mm -hmm. So when they know, oh, I want this, oh, I kind of want it. Oh my God, there's only one left. Okay, now I now I have to have it. Yeah. Um, that's how human beings is how we behave and and, and we act to certain things. Uh, so exclusivity would be another one. Um, another one could be consistency. This is very simple in sales. Uh, you know, we teach sales where you want to get small commitment from your prospects. Let's say we're selling one-on-one. -on -one. You want to get the, uh, get the prospect saying a lot of yes from beginning to the end of your presentation. And so when you close the sale, uh, it's when he, when he said yes 20, 30 times until you bring up the price and when you make the offer, it's very difficult to say, no, I don't want to buy it because it's inconsistent. So right. consistency, very powerful. Uh, as a speaker, sometimes we do stuff like, hey, how many of you agree with that? And they put up their hand. Uh, does that make sense? Yes. Uh, are, you, are you with me so far? Yes. Right? So we get commitment and consistency from our audience. So that's another very, very simple tactic. That Robert, Robert Caldini actually um, oh, speaks yes. a little bit about, um, about a car salesman te technique where he lets them um, – he they take the – these people find a car um, that they like and then they let them take it home for the weekend. Um, and by the end of the weekend, what happens is that person, psychologically, they connect with this car and they talk themselves into buying this car. Yeah. And then they bring it back and then all of the offers and the stuff that the person offered before, they just take those off the table and it doesn't really matter anymore whatever they offered. The fact that this person's convinced themselves and they've decided um, that, you know, it, it's about the consistency. They want to stick yeah. with what they've decided is actually going to happen. Um, exactly. I find that very fascinating stuff. Yes. And that's, that's actually uh, another psychological tactic called involvement. Mm. That if someone, if, if you run a retail business, if you can see someone touching your merchandise and they're playing around with it, it means they're interested. It's a buying signal. Mm -hmm. If you can, you know, the old puppy dog clothes, right? You know, bring the puppy, you know, take the puppy home, play around with the puppy. Well, you're not taking the puppy back, let's face it. <laughs> you a puppy for a couple of days, you're buying that puppy. Right. <laughs> uh, device. Like you said, you're now emotionally attached to the, to the product. Mm. Uh, so if you, get, if you can get people to try it, taste it, 
uh, play around with it, test drive it. That's why they want you. They know if they can get you, if you're just kind of looking in a car dealership, it's one thing. But if they can get you to test drive it, chances of them closing is a, a lot higher. If you can get them, you know, uh, test drive it, take it home for a couple of days, bring it back. Now your family have seen it, you tried it, and now you're in the room, sitting in the room talking about financing, you're buying the car. Mm -hmm. All that is all involvement, right? Yeah. So how do you do that kind of thing online? How do you influence people? Um, a lot of the people that are listening and, and you yes. know, follow Seven Figure Fairness, um, we, we talk a lot about building lists and connecting with lists. And how do you influence people via lists? Yeah. So, so if you're talking about, let's say, take involvement, for example, mm. instead of just say, hey, you know, here's what I got, buy some. Uh, involvement could be something as simple as getting to put up the first hand and say, hey, you know, just opt in, get my report. Mm. And then after they get a report, it could also be, hey, you know, I'm doing a survey here. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you're going through, what, what, you're, what, what you're looking for. They can fill a little short survey. That's mm -hmm. an involvement device because they yep. feel like they involved and then when you recommend the right product to them so that's called you know that's segmenting the list that's a little bit more advanced but you can take them through different funnels through that as well um, that's an involvement device uh, you can also sometimes see um, sales letter where um, you get them to you know uh, download something a PDF get them to fill out the PDF that type is all involvement so you take them beyond and just passively like oh yeah I'm just reading this now I'm, I'm engaged Right, mm. I'm, I'm watching, I'm clicking, I'm doing stuff. Um, that's way more, way much, much more powerful. Right. When you're capturing leads and stuff too, we were talking, um, you know, your initial start into internet marketing involved a lot of copywriting. Yes. Um, can you share any tips that you, that our listeners could use um, as far as I'll give, uh, I'll give you a big tip. Yeah. Because yep. not just copywriting, let's talk about list building for a second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the internet has changed a lot. Mm. Uh, in the, even last couple of years, before you have, you know, the, the, lead, the lead pages opt in and then people can just, well, let's actually take a few years back. A few years back, you have a website where it's just one-way communication. Here's my website. Here's what, I, what I'm about. Here's the benefits and, you know, do business with me. Mm. And then it evolves into now more it's a, you know, lead pages and, and opt in and then put people in an email sequence. But mm. I think now it requires even a more advanced version of that. Okay, that it's not just opting in because, I mean, how many lists were already on? Let's face it. <laughs> Millions. Okay. Yeah, too, too, just too many. Too many. And yeah. you're getting way too many emails. And if you're using Gmail, you know how Google now separate the personal, mm. the commercial one, uh, social. So some of your messages are not even going, getting through. Mm -hmm. so what that means is if I can give you a framework that you have your email, think of a triangle, okay? Triangle. Mm -hmm. So you have your email, which is nice. You have your, let's say your website, which is nice. But I think you need something else, what I call a platform to be effective as a marketer. So example would be like sending you, you know, your lead magnet, people opting in, the email list, and you have your website listing your services, all the things that you do, right? Mm. And then but you also need some kind of platform such as uh, a podcast, such as video, such as YouTube, such as something like that, mm. that is more a, a relationship building tool. You're right. not actually using it to direct. It's not a webinar. It's not to sell. It's to, to give people value and then also to give them a reason to, to keep following you and stay with you. And mm -hmm. it adds that extra dimension to what you do versus, hey, here's my website. Here's, buy some. 
here's my email, here's another offer. Well, who are you? How do you build trust? What do I know about? So you need that third part of it. And this, you will not, it's not a, a tangible thing where you do this, you get, get an X amount of sales. But I think this part nowadays becomes key. Yeah, it we've seen in the last few years definitely just a massive move to social media and, and yep. actually connecting, being able to give yes. more people a chance to connect. So, you know, we have Facebook, we've got Instagram, we've got Twitter and all of these sort of things. And even the big companies, the biggest of the big, still have yeah. a social face where if you want to send them a message, if you want to tweet that, if you want to tweet Richard Branson, you can actually connect and it might, it might not directly get to him like straight away, but at some stage there's a chance that it can get to him. Um, and so, yeah, having like some sort of social presence to pull it all together, I think definitely is really key. Yeah, you can't, we can't yeah. just the old days of, you know, opting in and then you keep mm. the bottom with email and you keep selling them stuff. You, you, burn, you burn them out, yep. they, they opt out and that's it. So understand that into the marketing now, mm. the, the sales cycle may be longer now that you, it takes a little bit more time because so much noise to build that relationship mm. before you would buy it. Before, yeah, they maybe you could buy it, they see a sales page, I'll buy. But now it just takes a few more steps, a few more touches, a few more mm. contacts for them yeah. to be comfortable and say, no, no, I could buy it. Yeah, well, there's so many different options out there too. Like you're saying, you know, people are on thousands of lists. Yeah. <laughs> um, you need to be able to differentiate yourself from everybody else's. Yeah. Everybody so, else. so that's the thing with internet business is mm. now – it's easy to get into, I believe. It's easy to get into because now with the technology, it's easier now. Before, yeah. I remember when I had to build my membership site, it cost tens of thousands of dollars. Right. Now I get plugins and stuff for a few hundred bucks. You can you can do one. Yeah. Well, good and bad because now the barrier of entry is much lower, so mm -hmm. you have much more competition. Mm -hmm. Anybody can set up something online and they could compete. They could compete with you. So. It's easier to get into, but I think harder to succeed. It requires that much more knowledge and intelligence and experience to yeah. to be to be successful. Mm. So um, we've we've covered a whole lot of stuff, and I'm wondering if you've got some advice for people who are listening into this. They're in a job that they really hate, and they want to you know start moving into something. Can you can you give them some pointers that they can start applying just today, so that they can take something away and get moving on it today? One of the most important piece that I teach to all my students. Okay, this would help them solve all the problems and where they're at. I call them the wealth. I call that the wealth triangle. Mm -hmm. It's very simple. You look at a triangle; it has three corners. If you want, Cindy, I can send you a graphic afterwards. You can put on a page. Mm -hmm. Wealth triangle. So it has three corners. The first corner is what I call high income skills. How to define high income skills is any skills that have, that could make you a minimum of a hundred thousand dollars a year. So let's say you could say ten thousand a month. Mm -hmm. That's high income skills. Second, you have what I call scalable business. It could be internet business. It could be uh, a network marketing business. It could be whatever business, but something that's scalable. So, so one, high income skills, you're still trading hours for dollars, but high dollars. You're making good money. And then the second one, scalable business, now you have people, system making you money. And then the third corner, you have what I call high return investments. Uh, how I define that again is investments that produce gives you a minimum of 10% return a year. Here's the problem. Most people, they try to start a scalable business without high income skills. Mm. And that's how they screw it up. So I say to anybody, anybody that I mentor, I said, first step you got to get to, develop the high income skills so you get paid. 
because you you need to pay the bills, you need to survive, you need to stay in power. What it does is it does a few things very powerful. Number one, when you're making ten thousand a month, well, do you know that less than six percent of the population makes a hundred thousand dollars a year? Less than one percent of the population makes over three hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars a year. When you're making ten thousand a month, you you are in that six percent in society. That gives you a lot of confidence, and unless you're right. stupid with ten grand, you're comfortable, you're okay. Versus that's how some people they they try to skip this. They say they try to they watch infomercial, and they want to buy some real estate. They jump into high return investments. What happens? They can't find a tenant. They max out their credit card, over leverage. They go bankrupt because、mm. they don't have the skill. But versus, if your high income skills, this gives you income. Then your business provides you with cash flow, and then your high return investment provides builds your net worth. This is the wealth triangle. When you someone starts a scalable business without high income skills, you notice the growth is so slow. They're making yeah, maybe a little bit of money, lifestyle business, working from home, but they can never take it to the level that they want to take it because、mm. you don't have enough cash to grow this. Because this pays the bills. If you use this, you only have scalable business to pay the bills. You pay your own bills, then there's no money left in the business. I don't my scalable business. It, it just I can reinvest all of that money. To grow the business, and when I have so much cash flow coming in, then I put into high return investments. I anchor my profit into hot assets,、mm. and vice versa. So this becomes a cycle. So anybody listening to this, get to the high income, and the high income skills could be copywriting. I did it with copywriting. I did it with speaking. I did it with consulting.、Uh, it could be doing SEO for people. It could be doing social media for people. Yes, you're trading hours for dollars. I want you to trade hours for dollars. Nothing wrong with that. Get to that point first. Go into that scalable business. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So you've got like to,、um, my mentor talks about today money, tomorrow money, and like future something. <laughs> it's exactly like that. It's exactly、yeah. like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. One, but it's a different forms of money. One is income.、Mm-hmm. One is cash flow. One is net worth. This way, it's how you have that sustainable success. I always say to people, the name of the game is not to get rich. The name of the game is to stay rich. <laughs> Uh, and you know, one of our mutual friends, Earl, and I talked with Earl.、Um, he is, you know, as you know, he's went through some ups and downs, and and I helped him now to get back up again. You know, so I, I you know, Earl learned it the hard way. He's made millions, lost millions. I don't like to study the guy that, and as you know, there's so many gurus out there. I don't study the guys who have, oh, you know, I made a million bucks in、um, 30 days and or two months. I said, so what? Yeah. Anything. You look at most of those guys. They're gone. Yeah, they're not、Two、around years anymore. Years from now, we don't see them. No, it just they they just they come and go. They're flaky. They're like fly in the sky. Study the guys who have consistent success over a long period of time. Yeah, one buck forty years. Love、mm-hmm. it. Anyone that can sustain for a long period of time, I love studying those guys. Not the well,、oh, yeah, quick money. This and that doesn't mean anything. Mm, no, that's great stuff.、Um, we're probably going to wrap it up now. Do you have any last-minute words that you'd like to share with our guys? I would say don't overthink what you're doing.、Yeah. That you don't not like you don't have to have all the answers. You won't have all the answers by definition, <laughs> because if you do, you already have the success you want. So by definition, knowing you're not going to get all the answers, you're not going to have all the pieces and have everything perfect. So don't let perfection. Get in the way of what's possible.、Mm. That just taking action. 
I tell everybody, I tell every entrepreneur, I say, I'm not the smartest guy. Uh, I don't, I don't speak the perfect language or anything. I'm not the smartest guy. Uh, I don't even think I, I work the hardest. I could sure tell anybody that, that, that has worked with me, I implement faster than anybody else. By the time pe- going to a seminar, people are learning, even going back to the hotel, I'm applying. Yeah. It's how fast. So I, I just, I implement a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a philosophy called WTF. It's not what the fuck. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a willing to fail fast. Okay. Willing to fail fast. Uh, and that I just, I'm successful compared to someone watching this. I guarantee you because I fail and lost more money than people watching this. That's it. That is awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show, Dan. I've learned so much and I'm looking forward to, you know, using some of this stuff myself and I'm sure our listeners have gotten a lot out of this. Um, so thank you very, very much and I look thank forward you. to sharing this with my guys. I'll thank you, Cindy. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Seven Figure Furnace with Cindy Donovan. If you like what you just heard, please share our web address wildfireconcepts.com with your friends and colleagues to catch our previous podcasts packed with more insight from self-made millionaire fire starters check the archives on our website this has been a wildfire concepts production join us again at our next edition of seven figure furnace